0: Welcome back to Financial Focus Radio Show. Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management has offices in Bend, Eugene, and John Day, serving clients from all over the Northwest. Give us a call today for your free retirement review. Now, back to the show.
1: If you want to take us up on one of those free retirement reviews, one of us will give you an hour of our time to talk about anything in your financial life. Uh, so if you have at least $500,000 of investable assets, call the office to get it scheduled. The number here, 800-800. or you can send us an email uh, northwestsquadronwalt.com just let us know you'd like a free retirement review and we'll get you on the calendar Uh, so if we look at data going back to 1928 uh, which I think that's when Troy was born uh, the number of years in which both the S&P 500 and the 10 year treasury bond were down is 5 1931 1941, 1969, 2018, and 2022. That one on there that I forgot about was 2018, which is funny because it just happened. Uh, the number of years in which both the S&P 500 and 10-year Treasury bond were down more than 10% one year, and guess what year that is? 2022. And Mr. Finelli, why is that? <laughs> well, because every... America- <laughs> <laughs>
2: higher discount rates is not so awesome and when you look at the trajectory and really just the rate of change of uh, interest rate increases it's uh, and here's a nod to your favorite asset manager kathy wood but it actually is the fastest rate of rate increases in history Uh, and that is why uh, you know and there is a lot of people out there in the asset management business uh, particularly that were convinced that uh, They were on team transitory, and uh, inflation was transitory, and the Fed seemed to have bought that argument's hook, line, and sinker as well. And so a lot of people out there were definitely caught flat-footed uh, when rates had to rocket seemingly to the sky.
1: I mean, I understand it is the velocity at which rates have moved is what's been so problematic for so many asset classes and so scary for people. Of course, that's a, that's, uh, a big part of it and why they talk about 5% fund rate is going to be a problem because it's the velocity at which we got there uh, is really the problem. If it had taken years, that would be one thing, but it's, we're going to get there in less than a year. Um, you, you know, it's, And so it's unprecedented, and I hate saying unprecedented, but remember a 10 year treasury at half a basis point was also unprecedented so like when you have the amount of intervention in a free market by a central bank you get huge distortions and we get so just, just as we got distortions to the downside we're going to get huge distortions when they take away the the you know the punch and so you know uh, it, you can't have it both ways, everybody. I know that's like the American way. It's like, no, I don't want to exercise and eat right. Just give me a pill. I mean, Josh was telling me about some pill that you can <laughs> don't have to, it, no side effects. And I told Josh that I have a boat for sale. So. Uh, well, it's true. It's that's why. Eli Is it Lily's blue? Forty percent. Is the date. pill blue that you're talking about? <laughs> no, I want
2: one. Uh, a blue for, pill? Uh, no, no. I oh. want one for asset prices. I want. I want to have my cake and I want
1: to eat it too. Well, maybe you should become chairman of the Federal Reserve, and then you can. Keep interest rates at zero forever and see how that works out for great the great United States of no, America. No,
2: I, I want a normalization of rates, but I also want asset prices to stay buoyant, which, you know, is, of course, a mutually exclusive uh, notion, but... Here we are not 10 months into
1: 2022, and uh, the see talking heads seem to— Do you still believe on December 25th a fat man in a red suit comes down your chimney and leaves <laughs> presents? I've got I to be on
2: that train now. I've got two kids under four. <laughs>
1: oh, it's magic.
2: It's San, it's Santa, it's, Santa is— Christmas uh, is
1: the best with little kids. Yeah, we're already getting ready. <laughs> makes you believe in magic again. I'm sure they have the Christmas stuff out at— uh, at costco already you need to come around our house for christmas and maybe you'd be slightly less cynical i'm i'm the guy uh, on christmas in the green outfit what's his name The the grinch that's me yes i'm that guy okay let's we don't have a shame of the week anymore but this is essentially it um so we're gonna pick on maybe one firm but a lot of big national firms do it so there's a lot of big national investment firms in this country morgan stanley merrill lynch edward jones um, and they all, as a result of Eliot Spitzer uh, going after this stuff in 2003, before they supposedly found him with a prostitute. Supposedly. Um, and that's why I said supposedly. Uh, he, you know, there's all these companies that had revenue sharing agreements with asset managers, mutual fund companies, insurance companies, and so as a result of that, what Eliot Spitzer did, um, these companies had to disclose the revenue sharing agreements and the amount of money they were getting from mutual fund companies, from as, uh, from insurance companies, and the like. So. Uh, So you can go, if you have a broker at Merrill Lynch or Morgan Stanley or Edward Jones, you can go on that company website and and look and just type in the search bar. Just type in uh, revenue sharing agreements or revenue sharing disclosures is a better way to look at it. Um, And you can see how much money they get from the different mutual fund companies and separate account managers and and, and, and annuity companies. And guess what? There's a really good chance that the number, uh, the company that pays the most in revenue sharing or one of the top three companies, actually is in your portfolio and so what i mean by that is um you know what if you were at an edward jones for example you don't get the best mutual fund or or annuity that is available out there to the public like it's not the best one it's the best one for Edward Jones and so what Edward Jones has said is is with some mutual fund companies seven mutual fund companies and seven annuity companies uh, insurance companies they said okay you're going to be our preferred providers we're going to send 90% of our business to you our financial so-called fina- financial advisors are going to send almost all their business to to you but in order to be one of those preferred providers, you're gonna to have to revenue share some of the fee that you charge the end client back to us, the home office. And so um, you can go on like Edward Jones, for example, um, gets uh, from American funds in Los Angeles. They In 2021, they got 122 million in revenue sharing uh, from American funds. So what do you think is the biggest provider if you're an Edward Jones client in your accounts? obviously it's going to be american funds the thing that edward jones did they took it up a notch they created their own proprietary mutual fund so what they did is they said it's not enough to put our clients in a fee-based account and charge them a fee what we're going to do as a firm is we're going to create a, a class of mutual funds called bridge builder that we manage that are our funds so we get the fee on that too so what happened is is Mutual fun, Edward Jones advisors and Mass move money out of all of these other fund companies that they thought were so great into Edward Jones mutual funds, the bridge builder funds, um, so that Edward Jones could double dip, right? They got the fee out from the client. Then the f- client was paying the mutual fund fee uh, as a double dip. And to make matters worse, if you are an Edward Jones client… Uh, Those bridge builder funds can only be held at Edward Jones. You can't – if you were to leave, you can't take them with you. And I'm not saying that you want to take them with you because they're so great, but if you own a taxable investment account and you've owned these bridge builder funds for for the last six years, even if they weren't great, you still have a realized – you have an unrealized gain in them. And so if you want to move to, say, Vanguard or Charles Schwab or any place, um, you have to sell them and pay the capital gains tax. So Edward Jones, um, I thought all this stuff was gone, but Edward Jones is back at, uh, Thinking of every which way they can screw if, the end client, even if you 're not a
2: bridge builder and they plowed you into Temple and Global Bond because Franklin has a great revenue share on that side uh, you 're down one percent less than the AG on your fixed income, so you 're down thirteen and a half percent year to date and paying you know two and a half percent in fees with the wrap fee so uh, awesome I mean that was really great for the firm, but not so good for you, the end client
1: yeah it 's funny if you look at revenue sharing for Edward Jones, the revenue sharing they 're doing from all these companies. It makes them profitable if they weren't, you know, it's essentially their profit margin is this revenue sharing. So, you know, what ends up happening in the relationship, if, we're, if you were an Edward Jones client, client, you are essentially the product. Uh, you know, they, so there are good people that work at these firms. The firm is set up to, to, milk as much money from the end client as they can possibly extract. And so, you know, their business model is not user-friendly. They are the opposite of Vanguard. They are trying to extract the maximum amount of fees and make it so that you can't leave them, uh, especially if you have a taxable account. Not not good. And it's not just Edward Jones, uh, but they are the, probably the worst offenders. Merrill Lynch does it. Morgan Stanley does it. They, they all do it. And if you want to see what it is, you can go on their website and look at revenue-sharing Disclosures. All right, if you want to take one of us up on a free retirement review, we'll give you an hour of our time to talk about anything in your financial life. So if you have at least $500,000 of investable assets, call the office to get one of those scheduled. The number here is 800-743-0988 go to our website, northwestquadrantwalf.com
0: and send us an email. Get your free one-hour retirement review
1: Nothing like a morning walk to get you going. With the afternoon I got ahead of me, I really need it. What are you doing in the afternoon? I got to
0: figure out my... Med-
1: Did you say... Med-
0: mm-hmm. Medicare, it might not be the most pleasant topic, but it doesn't have to be uncomfortable. Especially when you have Pacific Source Medicare. Get $0 premiums, dental benefits, $0 prescription deductibles, no referrals required to see a specialist, rewards for taking care of your health, and more. Plus, service from a local person, not an automated phone tree or an offshore call center. Find your plan and get on with life. Don't fear Medicare. Get help from a plan that goes beyond what's required. Pacific Source Medicare. Medicare annual enrollment ends December 7th. Visit medicarebeyond.org today. Pacific Source Community Health Plans is an HMO, HMOD SNP, and PPO plan with a Medicare contract and a contract with Oregon Health Plan, Medicaid. Enrollment in Pacific Source Medicare depends on contract renewal.
2: Today I'll get a workout in at the fitness center. Tomorrow, maybe some rafting on the Deschutes River. Or I could go for a swim and spend the afternoon by the pool.
0: It's pretty easy to fill your calendar when you live the life you love at Stonebriar.
2: Walk the nature trails at Pilot Butte or maybe give Tracy a call. We can go shopping in Bend on Saturday. Sunday, read a book on the deck.
0: And after an active day outside, you come home to gorgeous resort-style one, two or three bedroom apartments with cook's kitchens, spacious bath, full-size washer and dryers, computer labs with free internet, covered parking, and my fur babies, pets allowed. Stonebriar is currently accepting applications. Their beautiful landscape grounds feature two clubhouses and are on Highway 20 near 27th and Bend. Google Stonebriar Apartments for details. Stonebriar, professionally managed by Norris and Stevens. Stonebriar Apartments.
2: The best of resort living.
1: My friend and I are taking a trip to Mexico this year, but neither of us speak Spanish. So we downloaded Babbel and started learning Spanish fast.
0: Want to get conversational in another language in as little as three weeks? Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons were designed by language experts to be the most efficient and effective way to learn a new language.
1: ¿Cómo te llamas? ¿Cómo te llamas? ¿Cómo te llamas? ¿De dónde eres? De dónde eres.
2: Babel's interactive lessons are created by real language teachers and voiced by real native speakers using a modern conversation based method. So in no time, you'll be speaking confidently about real life topics in another language. Nosotras vamos a México en dos días y ahora hablamos español. Gracias, Babel. Sí, gracias. <laughs> Babel, Language for Life, celebrating 10 million subscriptions sold. Now try Babbel for free at Babbel.com. Just go to Babbel.com and start learning a new language today. That's Babbel.com, B-A-B-B-E-L.com.
0: Financial Focus Radio Show is online all the time via iTunes, Spotify, and Spreaker. Catch past shows online or by finding us on iTunes.
1: Welcome back to Financial Focus Radio. Thanks for joining us. My name is Tyler Simonis. That guy over there, he's Josh Finelli, and we're partners at Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management. We appreciate you spending some of your weekend with us. So Josh sent me this from Coifin, and I was struggling with it, talking about it on the show a little bit today. Uh, but ultimately, the, the conclusion that we both come to, uh, is that this is why indexing is so important so if this is a chart, oh man, going back to twenty twelve so ten years um well it's essentially when Facebook went public, so it looks at it looks at the stock price of Facebook against the stock price of ExxonMobil you know exxon has uh, at once once the biggest company in the world, Facebook got to be huge also um but the charts uh converge uh they converged first time in twenty sixteen Uh, where Facebook became bigger than ExxonMobil and then was a lot bigger than ExxonMobil, more than twice as big. And now ExxonMobil is bigger than Facebook again. And my issue was, was, you know, it was more that not that Exxon was awesome. It was more that Facebook has been an operating disaster. Uh, (laughs) But it it, it goes more to the point of, you know, there was a time when you bought it. you know, you would have bought Facebook stock and thought you were a genius and, you know, sold ExxonMobil and said, you know, this is left for dead. Uh, and obviously, this chart points to why indexing is the sort of only way to go because many professionals obviously got this wrong too. And they talk about how cheap Facebook is. It, it, my point isn't to talk about Exxon and Facebook. It's more to talk about why all signs point back to indexing because it over time works. Concentration risk is awesome on the way up. And,
2: Absolutely horrendous on the way down. And you can think of just the litany of examples throughout history of, you know, those bulletproof businesses, whether it was GE or Enron or even Wells IBM. Fargo. Yeah, I mean, Wells Fargo up until, you know, the, the accounts accounting But the, there's just so many that were seemingly bulletproof. Uh, and, you know, Facebook's the latest iteration where, you know, it's. Got a bunch of legacy products, and very conceivably, like the equity's not worth much in 10 years if these these investments and bets don't pay off. And uh, Tyler's right, all roads lead to indexing. It, you know you. Uh, <laughs> That, that meta, meta story is is a very tough one, and a
1: lot of people that had a lot of risk there. Uh, don't are, worry. Zuck's going to turn it around by firing people. That's, <laughs> his payroll is, Cutting his payroll is going to solve all his problems. <laughs> yeah, but th- that's
2: the beauty of cap weighting is that your portfolio will ultimately reflect what the market preference
1: is, and you don't have to do anything, and you don't have to be the one that's right. And uh, That's why indexing in it's, it, its fierce firm is so genius. It's like – it, it does the right thing automatically for you without you having to do a thing other than to keep indexing.
2: It's and great. When we're in a year like this where you know, all the, the never-ending procession of talking heads go on there and talk about it's, you know, a stock picker's market and you know, every sell-off you see this happen and every sell-off and every recovery, the data is the same. Uh, the level of underperformance is, you know, within uh, a certain threshold. But uh, you know, you guarantee yourself success,
1: at least relative to everyone else, uh, just by indexing. So in twenty, th- so this uh, little data comes from VisualCapitalist.com. Uh, in twenty twenty one. Um, they broke down different generations and how much they spent. So the silent generation was born in 1945 or earlier. They spent an average annual in 2021, 44000 Boomer spent uh, $62,000. general Xers, which I am part of, spent the most at 83000 Josh is a millennial. Uh, they spent the second most at 69000 And then G, which is Generation Z, which was born 1997 or later, uh, spent $41,000. Um, it, it's interesting to me that your generation overtook the boomers uh, already, because you, your generation really likes to make it rain. Well, uh, you know, I mean, the uh, greatest
2: wealth transfer in history is coming, and I think that bodes positively for consumer spending in in the years to
1: come. <laughs> okay, then, <Harry Denny. laughs> right? Sure. Well, what happens if interest rates are fifteen percent? Let's ignore that, because you're a, you're a millennial, and you only know about low interest rates okay, Mr Finelli. this is one of your history f- give me give me a little give me a little credit This is one of your favorite topics uh to talk about, and it's worthwhile obviously right now so let's talk about roth conversions, especially in a down market uh you know we uh, for a while we were sort of against these or I was uh but you know I'm now uh coming around to the idea, especially with one caveat and Josh can talk about that
2: uh yeah i add a couple caveats the You know, so the Roth conversion is essentially you're moving traditional IRA assets into a Roth IRA. And so uh, you're going to pay taxes on the amount you convert. At an ordinary income tax rate. And, you know, depending on your age, uh, the break even after you do all all that with tax withholding uh, can be. Past your life expectancy. So, not necessarily the best option for a lot of people out there. And here's the Meaning first, if you're older. Yeah, here's the first caveat I'd bring up is our clients that are doing this and the clients that we recommend consider it. Uh, consideration is actually maximizing the tax efficiency. Uh, of the bequest that they're ultimately making, and they don't necessarily need the money, even in the form of uh, some version of you know, self-insurance of long-term care uh, within their retirement assets. The other caveat is that they're paying the taxes that they do with uh, from a taxable account. So the money that ends up in the Roth is the same amount of money that they had in their traditional account. We don't do any withholding when we do the conversion. They pay the liability external uh, to that transaction, and so the money in the Roth gets to compound, uh, you know, th- without doing all that withholding. So uh, their heirs benefit even more, and that's, you know, these are the people that want to do this ultimately. Uh, the, your consideration should be, you know, if your uh, beneficiaries maybe are high earners or uh, they're going to get saddled with, you know, potentially a bunch of ordinary income.